Yasu, everybody. That is hello in Greek. Uh, and Kalimeda, which is... Nope, that's good morning in Greek. <laughs> Christos Tanesti, which is happy Easter in Greek. There's a Greek theme going on. Buongiorno. Um, oh, wait, that's, that's the wrong Italian. language. That's Ita- it's the same thing. We're all greasy. Um, but uh, I am Anthony alongside Chris on this special Greek Easter edition of Sports and Spaghetti. That's why I started it off with some uh, some some bad Greek that mm. I'm learning, but uh, I guess it works. It's not morning now, but it'll be morning when people listen. So. Listen, when you said whatever you just said, I don't know the language, and so it sounded good. Uh, it, I mean, it, no, it sounded good. I just didn't say anyway. It sounded. I would have believed you. <laughs> That's the thing. I would have believed what you said. I mean, it is believable, but nonetheless. Um, much to the chagrin of the mice, um, this week we'll be digging into some very adorable baby animals, unfortunately. Uh, it is the, it's the lamb episode, unfortunately. Um, my, uh, it had to happen. It had to happen eventually. You had to break the ceiling. <laughs> I had to. Because if, if this didn't, if this went on for a year, <laughs> then introducing something like this would have been problematic. We'll get it Right out of the way in I the first to. two months. I had to. Listen, you're not going to look at your 94-year-old Yaya and say, no, I'm not making you <laughs> lamb oh, on Easter. Adorable. Yeah, you oh, like the picture? I loved that oh, picture. That picture. You, um, hold, you and your sister and yeah, her were adorable. Yeah, my eyes were twinkling in that picture. Your nice <laughs> hair was slicked it back. It looked really nice. The beard it? was it going. Looked it looked really it Greek. It looked good. That yeah, was the point. But anyway, so let's get into the food aspect. Um We'll, we'll do a bunch of Greek food, but we'll start with the with the star of the night, which was my leg of lamb. The lamb killed by fire. The lamb yeah. killed by fire. Um, cooked in a pressure cooker. That's the secret, but I gave it away before, so I blew, I blew the whole load before we started. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so how I do my lamb is we just get a nice, I don't even know how big it was, but it's a nice little leg of lamb. Tell them how you do your lamb. <laughs> with a red cabbage fiasco. <laughs> red <laughs> cheese fiasco. It's a, it's a cabbage smash. Yeah, cabbage smash. Um, but uh, no, so we take the lamb and how I marinate it. It's a very, very easy marinade. Overnight, I do some nice red wine. Um, by nice, I mean the cheapest bottle I could find because it's going to be a marinade. It's always nice. Though. It's always it's nice. It's always nice. Any right? wine you you tell everybody it's a nice red wine and they believe it. Of course. It's actually, I don't remember the brand, but this was good wine. It was like six bucks. But anyway, we do a full bottle of wine, um, full gallon of milk, yep. full bottle of wine. Um, me, I keep it pretty simple. I'll do some garlic, some onion, a um, little bit of Italian seasoning, but I break mine down. I don't like the store-bought Italian seasoning for some reason. I just, basil, oregano, that's really all I need. I don't know why people are putting like thyme and rosemary. Like you're doing and... the fresh or just the dried basil? I use, dried the, I use the dried. You know what, Aunt? That strikes a chord with me because I feel the same way about store Italian seasoning. I don't know what it is. I think it's I think it's the the rosemary that that they throw in and the thyme. I know thyme has an oregano-y taste, mm. but. Yeah, I find that my Italian seasoning leaves something to be desired. Yeah. Like just, the herb de Provence, I like. Yeah. But, but the Italian seasoning, I don't. I agree with you. Just basil, oregano, that's all you need. Yeah. That's what my mom always puts on the on the pizza. She sprinkles the oregano. Yeah. I thought that was Italian seasoning for my whole life. I was like, no, this is, this is it. Yeah. 
Um, but with the lamb, you know, so I do the garlic and you also have to, uh, we, 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 I call it studding. I don't know if this is the proper name for it, but we cut little crosses in it and we'll stuff it with a full clove of garlic in each cross. So it ends up taking about two bulbs, full heads of garlic. Let me ask you a question because you're doing the lamb. You're explaining how you do the lamb. So every time somebody says lamb to me, especially when I worked in, in a meat department, mm-hmm. um, uh, I will not name the store because it was Whole Foods. They're a good place. They're good. <laughs> you know what? I, I take it back. It was a good job. Uh, it got me through a lot. Uh, when I worked there, I asked people what they do with the lamb because I'm not a lamb connoisseur mm-hmm. as, as many people are. And I say, I hear a lot of people say there's a mint jelly. They do a mint jelly. And you and a lot of people make that face. Word. So why am I hearing <laughs> the mint jelly from people? I don't know. I guess I feel like it's I feel like that's classic. Like always like the lamb and mint is kind of a normal thing. I just we never did that. So we do I mean, we just do it with potatoes and then I've gotten into this isn't traditional. Um, I've gotten into make I make a Jew gravy with the lamb drippings and all of the marinade left over. Um, it's really, really, really good. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, the, the mint jelly is a thing, but I don't, it, it's a texture thing too. I've had the mint jelly before. I don't yeah. like it. So you, you like have it. tried the mint yeah, jelly. Yeah, I've tried now, it before. Now, I, like I said, I never had lamb. I'm not against it. We'll talk about why I'm not trying, I didn't try it today in a little bit. <laughs> uh, when you find out how really nuts I am. Uh, I don't even know if Melissa knows I'm cra- how crazy I am, but <laughs> I love mint, and uh, so I've always thought, well, I would really like that. I would really like that, but I don't know about it as a jelly, to be honest. Yeah, it's a weird, like, you know, like lime jello? Yeah, and I'm not imagine, a jello guy. Imagine that, but it just tastes savory like mint. It's it's not, it's something, it's not. It, Maybe it, on its own, but I don't know if I would want to throw a piece of meat down my throat with, huh, with, with mint jelly. I'm not, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not a fan. I, I've, I'm not a fan. So, um, so he's not a fan of the mint jelly. No, no, I like I like my little Jew gravy. Your what Ju- gravy? My Jew, my Jew gravy. <laughs> oh no! J o u s. Jew. Jew gravy. Um, yeah, yeah. So we did that. We did a uh, little just regular Greek potatoes. What is that? Um, standard Greek potatoes are just uh, they're. Potato wedges. Do you just call it Greek? It's yeah. (laughs) We just throw. I mean, we just throw. We just throw the seasoning and then uh, a little bit of lemon on it, and just makes everything Greek. You know, the lemon is what makes it. (laughs) I'm serious. I mean, that's just what we. They're just regular roasted potatoes. We just call them Greek potatoes. I love that. Um, That's awesome. That's a family thing. I love it. And then I don't remember the name of the the actual Greek name, but um, my yaya, who is my. Great grandmother on my mother's side. She is Greek. She made a, uh, it, it's, I don't remember. It's like spanarizi, which is like spinach rice, essentially. Okay, it sounds um, like that. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, she made like a spinachy rice thing. It was pretty good. Um, but I made lamb and then, Chris, I actually didn't bring this and I should have brought it to you. My nuna, which is godmother in Greek. So my, my godmother, she's also my aunt. She made uh, pastizo, it's called. And that is uh, essentially uh, a Greek lasagna, we'll say. So it's made with noodles instead of the long, you know, the long sheets of lasagna. Is it the real thick noodles? No, no, they're they're like ziti, like circular. Oh, okay. 
So they're they're those, but they get layered, and there's a bechamel cream sauce with some with some ground meat. It's pretty good. We use beef. Um, it's it's pretty good. I forgot to bring that it. That sounds actually really good. I forgot to bring it. It's very very good. Um, you know the secret. I'm gonna I'm gonna give away the whole family secret here. But you let the milk boil when you're making your bechamel. So you really want it. They Why? want the milk to boil. I don't know. That's my 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 grandmother always said that. So that's what we do. We we let that happen. But yeah, so lamb. Now, I don't know. You've never. You said you've never had lamb before. I, I eat it twice a year at least, and this is Christmas Eve with my with my Greek homies and our Greek Easter. Um, I have just never. I've I've never really been in a position to eat it. It's one of those things. Like personally, and I I don't care what anybody says. Like veal to me. I, I couldn't bring myself to eat it personally, mm-hmm. but like lamb, I've just never been presented with it, and so I wouldn't be against it. Yeah, it's. I mean, okay, to all, try it. I'm not gonna get it. No, and cook it. No, all all food is obviously a living thing, and you and know well, we it was it was a living thing. Yeah, we we say our we say our our prayer and everything before our Greek dinner and such, but uh, you know that that little lamb as cute and cuddly as he. Or she might have been uh, served his purpose, and uh, and that's and that's how you, you have to look at it. <laughs> thank you for thank you for the nourishment, Mister Lamb. Um, this is all just to appease to the mouse, so I don't get put in the penalty box. No, but but in, <laughs> and honestly, I, it is because my my mouse is is gonna, uh, yeah, she's got a thing with the animals, right? And that's all good, and everybody can feel whatever they want about it. And like I said, I'm kind of wishy-washy on the whole thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, Aunt, all of these, you know, anything that you eat, like you said, especially if it's an animal product, it, you know, that's the the purpose of it. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. just saying that to have, like I'm saying it in general, like that's, that's what I teach my students. You know, in science, they say everything that we eat, like you said, came from something that was living, whether it's a plant or an animal. And some of them are like, oh my God, ew. I'm like, but that's just the way life is. It's the circle of life. Now, if every cow on earth was not eaten, then I'm going to be honest with you, there'd be no cows. Yeah. It's not like there would be a lot more cows. No, no. Cows wouldn't really have a purpose. They would have no point. purpose. Yeah. And and there's no, it's not like there's wild cows everywhere. No. You know what I mean? Almost every single cow is domesticated. Is, is domesticated and, and yeah. right. And so I explain to, to my students even that, you know, that this is just the way it is. And it's, I love stories when like cows get a, you know, a sanctuary mm-hmm. or one of them escaped the slaughterhouse and now it's in a sanctuary. Like, awesome. I'm all for it. And I would love, I, Melissa always jokes with me, we got we have to get a cow as a pet one day. If we had a big farm, if we had a lot of space, I'd get a cow. I love cows. They're cute. Yeah. You know, they're and they're very sweet and they're kind. just they're grass puppies. Right. But but at the end of the day, their their purpose is is they're they're producers. Yeah. They're whether producers. it's whether it's milk or, or meat or right. but yeah, that's yeah. So shout out to all the cows. Shout out to all Shout the cows all because the cows. whether or not they they're food or they're pets, they're awesome. Yeah, but back to the lamb. Yeah, we'll sorry. talk about it. No, it's good. It's good. That was a nice little. That was a nice little rant. I liked it. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, back to the lamb. So I'll I'll give you a little rundown of you know 
the rest of the marinade, I guess. So it's like I was saying, wine, some Italian seasoning. I use some garlic. Um, that's usually been what it is um, with some olive oil and some lemon. But thanks to this pod, I've become more in tune with cooking and I've wanted to improve and constantly improve and stuff like that. So I did switch the recipe up a little bit this year. Um, I tried to use less of powdered seasoning, so I don't want to use garlic powder. I don't want to use onion powder like I usually do. Um, I went and I had some, de- uh, I didn't have any fresh onion at the time, but I had some dehydrated onion. So what I did was I bloomed that in some warm water. So it essentially just becomes chopped onion. Um, so I did that. And then I used some of the flake as well in the wine. So the wine kind of blooms it. Yeah. Um, so we did that. Um, we'll take the the zest of one full lemon um, and then the juice of two lemons. Throw that in the, uh, in the marinade as well. And then I like to trim some of the fat because... Lamb is a very gamey animal, and I don't know why, but when you mix it with the fat, it's just not, it's not great. You know, like some, some people, when you have your fat on steak, it's, they like to eat it or whatever, but for me, it's just, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fat guy. I understand there's flavor, but to me, that flavor is, you know, you're going to use that with the cooking process. You're going to let that melt and melt into the meat, and then you trim the fat and you don't eat it. So that's, I mean, that's how I always saw it, so that's what I do, um, but once you once you have your marinade you just mix it up nice and nice throw it in a bowl or whatever container you want to do and then like i said i will always stud the the lamb with with garlic cloves and then from there um i give it a little massage with some olive oil um and then i get some nice salt and pepper some coarse ground pepper on it just to just to flavor that and then we let that soak um for usually overnight you can do up to two days or so um but always make sure to flip so there's always some constant penetration of uh some of the acids whether it's the wine or the or the um lemon juice but that's i mean that's pretty much what we do and the way that does right the the, what that does is it's going to eliminate a lot of that gaminess and it just comes through with the very meaty uh, flavor so it's just i mean i love it um my family we, like i said we were always always grew up eating lamb um it's just it's it's you know it's it's food it's home to me it's it's holidays it's greek holidays that's what it means to me so as it should that's uh yeah that's the little basic part of the of the cooking episode today um speaking of lamb did you know uh it's not lamb it's i mean i, mean, I just kind of messed it up here but fox is is volpe i don't know in italian for some reason i was like oh is that lamb and i was like no that's fox (laughs) but uh we'll we'll discuss the fox (coughs) we'll discuss the fox on the yankees right after this we're back i'm hydrated and uh, apparently i don't know the difference between a lamb and a fox yeah nonetheless um anthony volpe i guess we'll just talk about the other anthony panthony the other anthony panthony um, he is looking good. Well, we just a week ago, right? We were sitting on your on your back porch last Monday, and I and and we we said on the pod, he's hitting less than two hundred, but we're not worried about his average. He's got he's brand new in the league. He's a young dude. You got to give him a shot. No sooner did we say that than I started to see people on social media. Getting sick and tired of it already. 
First of all, they don't even know where he's hitting in the lineup because some days he's hitting last, some days he's hitting first. They're trying to feel he's trying to feel it out. This dude is like not even 20 games into his career. Yeah. Okay? They're not going to just give up on him. And of course, as soon as people start talking, as soon as we said don't worry, he's got hit after hit, he hit his first home run. He's stealing three bases in a game again. Seven, he's seven for seven. seven I, I mean, the guy is hitting consistently. He's going one for four, one for three, one for two with two walks. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what, the first guy in how however long to have two walks and three stolen bases in the same game. Yeah. I forget. It was the first ever or first since a long time ago. Yeah. Um, the dude is already making a name for himself, and, and his fielding is just an afterthought, which has also been great. Yeah. See, I'm big. I think I, I don't remember if I mentioned this before, but Volpe, for Volpe, I like him in the leadoff spot. Now, why do I like him in the leadoff spot over a guy like Lemayu? You're gonna a you don't want to pitch to Judge, so you're gonna try your best to get Volpe out. That's gonna give him more pitches to hit, um, because obviously they're not gonna walk him. They're not going to. Um, they're not gonna pitch around Anthony Volpe to get to Judge with a runner on base. Um, so Volpe's gonna that I, that I could see his average going up. Plus he can you know they called it the Anthony Volpe triple, which is a walk and two steals. Um, you know if you get him on second or third with Judge, it's almost I don't want to say almost a guaranteed because we know how the Yankees hit with in, you know runners in scoring position, right. but they're in a good spot. You right, know, that's, that's I, all we have to say. I love what you said about the 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 Anthony Volpe triple. The fact that there's like a name for it already, twenty yeah. game, not even twenty games into his career. That says a lot right there. Yeah. The dude is making noise. He's making a lot of noise. But going back to the lineup, I like Volpe at one, just heading in front of Judge. But especially with the resurgence of DJ LeMahieu, who's been on fire, mm-hmm. I like DJ in that five spot because that's you're going to have traffic on the bases, right? And I think traffic on the bases and DJ LeMahieu are a match made in heaven because you know there's three things in life that are guaranteed it's death taxes and dj lemayhew with runners in scoring position <laughs> so shout out to hubs on that one but that's my thing is you you load the bases and you get you know hitting hitting lemayhew one never really made sense to me like i get it because of the way the roster was constructed because they didn't have that leadoff guy now they have that leadoff guy kind of in volpe and lemayhew can be a, an rbi machine which i think he's going to be anyway so um that's, I mean, that's my two cents. The Yankees look good. Garrett Cole dominated again um, yesterday against the Minnesota Twins. He went complete game, shutout, two hits, one walk, 10 Ks. Um, ERA is under one. So, I mean. First guy in history with an under one ERA and 30 strikeouts something like ever. That. Or 45 strikeouts, whatever he's got. He's the first ever to do it. The dude is, I, I'm, I'm so happy I'm eating my words from yeah. <laughs> from. The preseason ago. when you did your predictions and I said, man, Garrett Cole wasn't as good as I wanted him to be last year. Man, he's been everything yeah. for the Yankees. He's yeah, he's been he's been what they needed, especially with Rodone not pitching yet, um, Severino not pitching yet. Nestor's been great. Nestor mm-hmm. has the second best ERA since 2020, aside from uh, Shohei Otani. Which it's funny too because we're three seasons deep of is it a flash in the pan for Nestor? Like he's one of those guys where. I don't want to say it because I love him, but it's like he's one of those guys where like we're still waiting for him to fall off. 
Like it's three seasons, and we're like, there's, there's no way he can keep this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. But you got to give the guy his credit. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I love the guy. I love. I love how good he is, and he's doing well, and he's not asking for a lot. He's not making a lot of money compared to anybody. No, no, he's not. Um, is he at league minimum or near league minimum? Uh, it's something like, and I know he's still in the, I don't even think he's at the arbitration phase yet. No, no, so no, no. It's like, uh, the, it's, I mean, he might be the steal of Major League Baseball mm-hmm. just for what he's given the Yankees already. Because now they're at a point with Nestor where you could say, wow, he's already given us so much. It's not like, uh, to your point, it's not like, oh, when's he going to fall off? He's already given them <laughs> way more than, than his salary. Or anybody uh, is expected. Any, anybody is expected. Um, and I love that kind of thing. I love when that happens. And he's, you know what? He's going to get paid. Yeah, he's going to get paid. And let's hope it's with the Yankees. Let's hope the Yankees pay him. Um, let's hope he wants to, you know, I feel like he wants to stay there. He He's embraced this whole Nestor thing. He's embraced Nasty Nestor. All the T-shirts, and right? He's a fit. He's a great fit for the a, Yankees. He's great. He's great. We love Nestor over here. Um, you know what else we love, Chris? What else? The Rays lost. I told you. You told me. I was kind of. I was on the fence of like, will this team ever lose? But they played a real game. They played a real team. They lost a series. Um, shout out to Toronto. But um, yeah, the the Rays. They're coming. Not coming back to earth because they're twelve and what four, 13, 14 and two or something like that. But. It was bound to happen, but they finally played some actual competition and they lost, which is it's it's nice. It's nice to not, <laughs> it's nice to not be you know fifteen and zero in the division. That's pretty well, cool. Well, like we said last week, you know, it, I said it might even swell to thirteen or twelve or 11, you know, and they have what thir- like you said thirteen wins. That's still an amazing start to your season. It's it's a great. And now you're okay for a while. Because even if they lose six out of their next ten games, they're still going to be okay over twenty games into the season. It's not a long way into the season, mm-hmm. but at least they've they've already bagged those wins. They've yeah. already notched the victories. They've won the games they're supposed to win, so now they can lose some games that maybe they shouldn't be supposed to lose. Yeah, shouldn't it's... be supposed to lose. That's not good grammar. No, but I'm off. I'm not on the clock right now, though, Ant. So I'm not going to correct you. On Thank that. you. Thank no you. No way. I appreciate that. Nope. I, appreciate I spent that. seven hours doing that today already, <laughs> and I'm not going to do it anymore. It's okay. Um, but I do have to say, uh, not a shout out to the Red Sox because we were talking, we're, we're talking pretty much AL East, but as of yesterday, obviously today, Monday, the uh, 17th, uh, at the time of recording it, it is now different because Boston has lost. But going into this morning, the AL East had the same amount of teams at 500 or over than the rest of the American League, which is. <laughs> I mean, even the Red Sox at eight and nine, right? They're at eight and nine, I think now. I'm hey, that's not even bad compared to what I thought the Red Sox were going to be this no, year. Right the now. only the only other teams at 500 right now are t- Texas is nine and six. The Angels are eight and eight. Seattle's eight and eight. Then Minnesota's ten and six, Cleveland is nine and seven, and that's it. The Yankees are <laughs> in third in that division at ten and six. Yeah, which I'm not. I'm not necessarily worried about Toronto as much as other people are, but um, I have my. I have my big. I have my big. Uh, my big take of of the day or of the week, I guess. Um, and this is a shout out. Shout out to Mike Langdon. I don't know if he's listening. He should be listening, but. 
we talked about this, and I actually brought it up in a group chat. Uh, Chris, you ready for my, my hot take? Oh, dear. The Baltimore Orioles right now are what the Toronto Blue Jays think they are. The Baltimore Orioles are that young team that has fun, and they're homegrown, and people love to watch them, and they're an electric factory. It's not it's not Toronto like everybody thinks. That's no, Baltimore. I and I agree with that. I like that. I agree with you. Like I mean they have there's another team I want to talk about, but they have I mean their celebrations are cool. They're all young. It, it really feels like when you watch a Baltimore game, they're everybody's just they they want to be there. They want like we I mean we said this yesterday or last episode about how obviously the players all want to be there. This is their job, but I mean Baltimore, they look, they just, they just have fun. They're having fun. They I mean, have they, their. They've turned the culture around there because the past few seasons they've sucked so yeah. badly, and now they're starting to believe in themselves, mm-hmm. and the fan base is starting to believe in them again, and that's a fun thing. Yeah, because they know that they're going to be there. Yeah, and I mean they're they're doing their. I don't remember what they called it, but Twitter has uh, called it the dong bong. Where they hit like a they hit like a beer bong with water after they hit a home run. I don't know if you saw that. They like chug the no. Water. Yeah, they chug the water out of a beer. Like their celebrations are great. Like I don't remember what else they do, but like they, they I mean, it's just that they have fun. They're having a lot of fun, and that is transitioning to that's gonna not transitioning, but that is a proof of a transition of the old regime to the new regime. That's your. Your Adam Jones, your your Chris Davis, all of that is going wayside, and it's this youth movement. Yeah, it's it's a different culture, and I think that's something that the Yankees haven't seen in a long time—the culture switch. Which hopefully, uh, Judge being the captain and Volpe being you know the rookie, hopefully that starts. Which you're kind of seeing it a little bit. I think it has. You're a kind little of bit. seeing a little bit. It's not the same seriousness every day. No, no, they have fun and like they were doing the the, the bubblegum game with Eliza the other day where they blew the bubble and put it on his hat and he had no idea about it and they were all taking pictures with him. So it's like that's cool. Nestor throwing the seeds and all that stuff. Like Yeah, that, that's fun. That's fun and there's starting to be more fun. And our generation that is that is coming up in the majors right now and you know becoming more prominent is one that want that's not it's not the old generation. No, it's not the Jeter no. generation. Nope. You know, if they, they have more fun. Yeah, it is. I mean, and it's baseball. Okay, we can agree. Baseball is inherently the most boring sport that we cover, right? Yeah. Inherent. Like, I don't think it's boring particularly, but baseball's boring. If that makes sense, right? As a sport, it's a boring sport yes. unless you're invested like we are. we are. But still, they have. I mean. Having fun at the ballpark is cool, especially if you're playing the game. Like, I remember some of the best memories I ever had playing baseball were summer league teams where we weren't very great, we weren't very good, yeah. but we just had so much fun. And, ev- like, that was the best. Like, I, I mean, I was on a team that we were a middling team. We were okay. But I had more fun on that team than I did on a team where we only lost two games. You know now, what I mean? Like, it was just so much. It, it's It's fun. Listen, man. I was the worst player on my team at the end of my career because I just didn't. I was I was in the hockey more. Yeah. But going to games, I I loved and I still love. And one of my favorite parts about going to a game, Anthony Panthony, is that you can make a day out of it. I love going to the game 
and 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 taking the train down. You know I love my trains. You do. And getting there early and watching BP, and getting us some food and sitting down. And watching the game, I've almost, I almost want to score the games, but I want to, like, I, I, I'm, I can't. I have the ADHD. I'm, la, 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 la. but I really like the, the act of going and watching a nice, relaxing, long baseball game. So what I'm hearing is, Chris, you will no longer be attending Major League Baseball games because what in the actual F are you doing, Rob Manfred? Aside from ruining the game of baseball, it's upsetting. It's I, I I listen the the pitch clock. It's a good idea. The games are going by fast, but as of today, which is um, Marathon Day in Boston, the Red Sox and the Angels finished a game in under two hours. I never in my life that thought I the, would say that. Yeah, well, the other day they did. Oh, I thought that was today. No, it was oh, okay. uh, it was either yesterday or Saturday. But in any event. They finished a game in an hour and fifty-seven minutes. I remember when I worked at ESPN and I was and I was assigned to baseball. I would monitor the feeds. Yep. Uh, in the stats department, and if something went wrong, I'd have to manually enter the balls and strikes, and that was a cool thing. I was like, "Oh, it's going on ESPN.com." Yeah, that's, that's fun. That's cool. Um, I remember, like, I, sometimes I'd have the ten p.m. games and they and the, or the ten forty games in drag. Seattle. Yep. And it would end at like 1.40 or 2. And I could not wait to get out of there. But most of the games, you're going to be there three hours. An hour and 57 minutes, Ant. I mean, we talked before we went on the air. And we said, if you're going to Yankee Stadium from Danbury, which is where my house is, where we are right now. I mean, if you're taking the train, it's an hour and 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. You got to drive to the station. That's 20 minutes. If you want to drive down there, it's an hour and a half. You have to call it an hour and a half. So you're not getting down there quicker than an hour and a half, two hours on a good day. Then you walk to the stadium. To get from outside the stadium to your seat is going to be at least 10 minutes before you go to the bathroom, get food, a drink, whatever, find your seat. Sometimes you got to walk way up. Or, you know, you just mill around, you walk around Yankee Stadium, how fun it is, or any stadium, explore it. So you've spent three hours at least before a game, mm-hmm. getting ready and going to the game. That's not even getting ready to leave. The game is not even two hours, and then you're going home for three hours. So the game is less time by almost an hour. Than the event, than the, the then process. Than the whole process of to and from. Uh, listen, that's, man. That's unbelievable. Now, as a guy who enjoys, as a guy who enjoys a, a nice cold beverage, at a, at a Yankee game, um, I'm very pro stopping serving alcohol in the seventh inning. I love it. You I love it. Up. It's a great. It's a great. It's a great. You know, I'm very, very happy that that's a thing because you know, driving under the influence sucks. People, people will die if it happens and stuff like that. So, I think that's a great idea. Chris, you have nine. If we're going off of if we're going off of the the whole Red Sox Angels game, let's take that game for example. People bought beer at that game. You had ninety one minutes to to buy beer. You had an hour and a half full drinking time. Now think about it this way: if you had one beer, yep, and it's not it's not like a can of beer. It's a big beer. Yeah. More, it's at least sixteen ounces, mm-hmm. so it's more than one drink technically. Yep. The game is the game was uh, eighty-seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry, one hundred seventeen minutes yes. long. My bad. I told you I'm off the clock. Um, 
So a 117-minute game, that's, that's, you take, you drink two of those beers, and you're not leaving the stadium above the influence. You are under the influence leaving the stadium after two of those. I don't care who you are and how much you can drink. You are under the influence after 117 minutes of having two of those beers. That's a thir- That's a 13-minute inning we're having. Not half inning. That's 13 minutes for six outs. That was what the average was. So Chris, if- I don't know if you've ever had to take a piss at Yankee Stadium. It's a half-hour process. You're missing. You're missing a third of the game to go take a piss. If you go, yeah, depending on when you go. And if you go in the middle of an inning, you might be okay. But, st- but even like, still, it's 10 minutes. You got to get up at least 10 minutes. Yeah. You got to get up. You got to walk there. Wait in line. At least if you're a man, it's going to be yeah. easier. But uh, it's 10 minutes, and you have to say, all right, I got to carve it out. But then you go I, back to the, the drinking thing. If this, you take that 117 minutes, that's assuming you drank both beers at the start of the game. If you got a beer in the seventh inning of that 117-minute game, what, you have 20, 20 minutes 20. until the end of the game? Not to finish, well, to finish that whole beer. So you're walking out of the stadium having just finished an alcoholic drink. Yeah. And if you're driving home right after that. It's going to process while you're behind the hello? wheel. Hello? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the I think Major League Baseball has run into a bigger problem and I think there's going to be more incidents with people drunk. And I think there's going to be more incidents of people not spending concession money because they're missing the whole game. That, I, if at its worst, the concessions, I mean, you could be gone 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes of that 117-minute game that you just paid all that money for. Yeah, like especially like, let's say it's a Yankee-Red Sox game. Those are usually pitchers' duels anyway, so those go by quick. Yeah. If it's a Yankee-Red Sox game under two hours and I have 16, what was it, 16 minutes an inning? 13. If, 30, yeah, if I have 13 minutes, dude, I'm not leaving my, I'm not leaving my seat. And even if it's a Yankee Red Sox slugfest, like we see that it's a four-hour game, 45 minutes out of four hours is a lot of time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's not – baseball is not like hockey or basketball or football where – I'll use hockey especially because hockey has three periods and 18-minute intermission mm-hmm. in between both periods. It's glorious. You can go to the bathroom – in that 18-minute time yeah. and get something to eat or drink. And you have two chances. That's never going to change. With this baseball and the variable timing of the games, yes, some games are still three hours with the pitch clock. Yes, I get it. But the the average time is down a half hour. Yeah. So even if we go to the average, which is two hours, 36 minutes or whatever, and you get out of your seat for 40 minutes, what do you have to pee twice? What if you have to get food MP twice? An hour. That's more than a third of the game you're missing. Yeah. The, I mean, I think the whole the whole baseball experience is it's not headed in a good direction, and I don't think this is what they intended by the pitch clock at all. And, the, and to speak to what you were saying about the, the concessions and vendors, you're going to lose money on the beer sales regardless because people are... People aren't dumb. People are going to realize that, well, I better not get another drink because the game's going to end in 20 minutes and I might not finish it, which mm-hmm. is a waste of money. Or I might have to down it and I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old with me. Exactly. And most 
smart human beings would say, I'm not going to get a drink then. Yeah. And then the only thing that I can see that happening, and this is being, you know, being friends with a, with a Pirates fan who hates Bob Nutting, I could, I could see that as, okay, all of these food and the beverage vendors aren't making enough money, so the team is making less of a profit. Okay, all that means is now they're not going to sign anybody else. Now that, that means Bob Nutting is not going to go out and give guys like Andrew McCutcheon, who is turning that team around almost single-handedly. We'll get into that. But they're not going to go give that veteran that one-year deal just because of a, it's a money issue. Now, again, the issue was never with the time of baseball, right? It was never about the long games because if you're a baseball purist, you love the games, right? You love sitting there for three hours. The issue with the with Major League Baseball is obviously this is going to sound bad, but it's going to be ticket prices, right? Ticket prices are always going to be super, super high whenever you're doing a small, not, not a small event. I don't know what I'm saying here, but ticket prices are really high. You know, you, you look at at the end of the day, if you go with a buddy or if you have kids, you're looking at a couple hundred dollars a day. You, like that's not, and that's not even for good seats. The worst seats at Yankee Stadium, if you want to see the Yankee Red Sox, are like 90 bucks, plus your fees, plus the beer you're going to have, plus the cotton candy you got to buy for your kids. So I think the biggest issue with baseball is you want to get people at the ballparks, you you make the cheap, the tickets cheaper. Oh, yes. Thank you for saying it. It's not, oh, we're just going to make less money. No, if you make the tickets cheaper, take me, for example, okay? I have a one-and-a-half-year-old. I'm not taking the one-and-a-half-year-old to the baseball game. That's not what I'm saying. But we have a lot of expenses that come with the one-and-a-half-year-old, mm -hmm. okay? We don't make a lot of money. And if a ticket is going to cost over $100 right now, it's out of my budget. Maybe one day it will be in my budget. But it's out of a lot of people's budgets. And, and if they make the ticket price $70 on average, and I'm like... Right, we can do this. And I'm going to be real with you too. I I call myself a princess all the time. I will not go to a I will not go to a sporting event, whether it be baseball, football, hockey. I won't go to anything if I'm not field level. To me, it's a waste of a day. I'm very you know my, I have my my social anxiety doesn't like you know, it's very hard for me to make plans anyway. And that's your prerogative. There's, You're I'm saying, to there's, do that. there's a lot of things where it's like ah, I don't even want to go. You know, I would rather I would rather sit in my air-conditioned house in the middle of July and watch the Yankees play a game then deal with going to New York, deal with getting there, paying the entry, buying the beer, getting the food, and sitting on the third deck where I can't see anything. You know, see, like, that's, to me, to me, it's a, I, I, if I want to go, I want, I want good seats. That's it. And there are good field-level seats that aren't that much money in yes. places. But what I was going to say is I, I disagree with you on that, and that's okay. It's okay to not agree on everything. Uh, otherwise, it would seem like we were having too easy of a podcast. Yeah. I I don't mind sitting higher up because I don't go to a lot of games. And so just being there is cool for me. But, and the other thing, like uh, to bring it back to the price thing, is if... If first, if field level seats are too much money, I'm not going to even look at them. I'm yeah. not even going to consider them. Yeah. And at this time in my life, you know, I went to a, a Yankee game with my parents. This had to have been before I met Melissa because 
I don't think I've been. No, I've been to a game since I met her. But anyway, um, it was a September game. They had already clinched the playoffs. It was against the White Sox. They ended up losing the game like 5-1. Melky Cabrera was on the White Sox. So Oof. it was that era. Um, and the tickets were $50 each. We sat in like the fifth row from the field. We were in left field. But like I could see the sunflower seeds like on yeah. the dirt. On like the warning track and like the side dirt. That was really cool. And I agree. I mean, sitting closer is better, but some people like sitting way up. And uh, let me let me finish. But before we get too into this, right? Let me let me just end it with, you know, baseball teams. Especially, it's tough for us because we're so jaded and biased because all that's around us is Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, yeah, and they're crazy expensive, right? Yeah. You look at a team like Pittsburgh. I mean, they're a bad team. When they play other bad teams. We were looking to go a couple years ago, and the first seat field level next to the dugout, I could have leaned over and talked to O'Neill Cruz, was seventy five bucks. Yeah, so that's the thing. But your your favorite team, if you don't think they could afford, if you don't think that they could afford uh, making the tickets cheaper, look at some non marquee games. Look at a Wednesday afternoon game against the Kansas City Royals. I can guarantee you, you're going to find tickets for thirteen dollars. But those same tickets, when they're playing Boston on a Saturday night, they're going to be hundreds of dollars. Granted, obviously, more people are going to come out and want to watch the Boston games. But that just shows the flexibility. If they really want to pack the ballpark, they're going to pack the ballpark one way or the other. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's my two cents on baseball. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think it gets ruined, but... I mean, you know, you're looking at you're looking at hundreds of dollars for for field level seats, and not even to mention playoff. You got playoff, playoff. For, you got playoff. You know, tickets they're going for thousands and thousands of dollars. But you know, I, I can't. I don't know. I don't even want to talk about the playoffs. So let's talk about the NHL playoffs, Chris. Yes, you want to talk about ticket prices in the NHL, man? I just saw a graphic the other day, uh, and. It's cool being an Islanders fan and not a Rangers fan uh, in this instance. Be, and I and I know Ranger fans would agree with me because the Islanders out of the 16 teams that made the playoffs, they made the playoffs. <laughs> Ha-ha. Uh, out of the 16 teams to make the playoffs, they had the third cheapest playoff ticket on average, which was still over $300. Yeah. I get it. It's the playoffs. It's really not terrible. And that's the average. You could get a pretty high up seat for a hundred something right yeah. now at, at at like tonight's game. It's Monday night, um, but even that, I was just talking to my mouse yesterday, and I was like, you know, if I if for some reason somebody was like, I'm going to the Islanders game. I have a ticket. Can you pay for it? But let's go. I I would be inclined to maybe be like, okay, fine. All right, yeah, we'll break my bank for a week or two. Yeah. But maybe it's worth it. It's the playoffs. The Rangers ticket prices on average was over twelve hundred dollars. That's that they were by far the highest. The issue with that is it's Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That's why. You have a big name in a big city with a big team, you're gonna pay the extra money. And that's again, that goes back to you're looking at your marquee teams. I mean, we saw the first. This is the the second hockey game I ever went to. I actually went with with Chris and the and the mice. Um, this is when the Islanders were playing in Brooklyn, and I mean, we we had some pretty good seats. Yeah, they played, they they were played hundred level. They played Ottawa. 
Um, but it Four was two like, Islanders win. They were like super cheap. Andrew Ladd had two goals. He did have two goals. They were just like super, super yeah. cheap. And it was because the Islanders were way out of the playoffs. Yeah, they missed by one point. It was... <laughs> and and it was the the day before they were eliminated because this is so weird that I know this. <laughs> Toronto had clinched the night before. I was at a Taekwondo thing with my dad. This is back. Uh, and uh, this had to be 2017. Yep. And I remember listening to the end of the Penguins-Maple Leafs game, and that's how the Islanders didn't make it. So I knew the next day the pressure would be off, and the Islanders ended up missing the playoffs by one point. Yeah, but... so the Islanders are way out of the playoffs. And, and they, they're, they're playing Ottawa, who I think at the time was also... No, I yeah, think Ottawa made Ottawa it that made year. It that year. That yes, they did. Year. And Mike Condon was their goalie. But still, it wasn't it wasn't a marquee matchup. That's, no, Ottawa Islanders. It no always, one cares. That's what like I get it. It's your your big time. This is what the people are coming to see. They want to see Rangers Islanders. They want to see Rangers Devils. But like, and that's what they're getting. That's what they're getting. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like, listen, you have you're you're pricing out your fans. Now, right. This is this is gonna sound really really bad. Hockey fans, what are they? A lot of them are blue collar. They work hard. They uh, like the occasional Coors Light and refuse to drink Bud Light now. Oh boy! But like that's the thing is like you're 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 pricing out your fan base. Hockey is a very expensive sport in general. You're looking at what like three four hundred dollars sticks for the cheapest ones and stuff like that. But yeah, you want a good stick, you're paying three something that's easy. It's the same. It's like you're you're just pricing out. Nobody is gonna look at like listen, if you're if you're a tourist, not even a tourist, if you're visiting New York right now and there's nothing to do, there's not a chance you're gonna say, let's go to a hockey game. No, you're not, because you're gonna if you go on there and you see the tickets and they're a thousand dollars on average, I'm sorry, but that's gonna price out a lot of people. Yeah. That's gonna price out so many people. Not just us poor people. <laughs> <laughs> that do a pot on Monday yeah. after work, yeah. but you know that's that's the ticket talk. But I mean, we have playoffs. Yeah, and, uh, playoffs. Uh, we've got. Uh, no, last time we spoke, last time we chatted uh, with the listeners, uh, it was do or die for the Islanders, and they died against the Capitals. But they also did. They, they also did. They, they dude the, and the they died. Penguins, the Penguins did for them oh, and so their nice. loss to the Blackhawks on Tuesday and the Islanders that won against so Montreal. And, and and Anthony FaceTimed me during the last 30 seconds <laughs> of the game and I was very excited and it's all coming down to uh, tonight. By the time you hear this uh, on Tuesday morning or whenever uh, this week, game ones will be done for four series. Uh, including the Islanders uh, and, the and, and yeah, Islanders Hurricanes, Panthers Bruins, Devils Rangers, and Maple Leafs Lightning. Tomorrow is Stars Wild. Um, Stars excuse me. No, tonight. I was I got the schedule <laughs> wrong. Strike it from the records. Islanders Hurricanes is tonight. Bruins Panthers is tonight. Wild Stars is tonight. Oilers Kings is tonight. The best thing, man. I know you're you're in the hockey now, but you haven't been as as into it as me like for years and years. There's nothing better than the first round because there's it's like March Madness in a way. This is where you there's go. four upset. games yeah. a night. Yeah. It's boom, 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 boom. So the Islanders are at seven. The Panthers and Bruins are seven thirty, and then the Western Conference games are later, which is terrible for my household. Anthony. 
Let's talk about it <laughs> right now. You beat me to it. Anthony and his mouse, mouse Jules have a mano a mano wild versus stars matchup. It's a house divided in Watertown. She's just going to be super upset when I get to keep watching hockey and she won't. Because I'm going on the record and I'm saying Minnesota in six. I said the same <laughs> thing. I said Minnesota in six. Uh, dude, I can't agree. I mean, we'll do a little prediction for each and see if it comes true. I'll, write, I'll start writing them yeah. down. So I, t- I talk here. While you're, while you're doing all that, I'll talk about what I, what I wanted to say. The hardest thing about being a Minnesota fan is regardless of being a Minnesota fan, I think Minnesota was going to be the surprise team this year. And I feel like I can't say that because it's going to be just people thinking I'm, I'm being a homebody and a homer. But like, I think Minnesota is that like, Oh shit, they made a run to the cup team. And it's, it's just, it's tough because it's my team. And I just don't want people to be like, Oh, he's only saying that because he likes the wild. Like, I'm going to tell you the Islanders are going to win the series, and that's only because like the Islanders. <laughs> but no, I think I think you have a lot of backing in, in saying that. you got to keep in mind that where the teams in the Central finished, it's not an accurate depiction of how good they were. So the Avalanche getting the first place spot, didn't mean they were way better than the Stars in the Wild. The Stars having the two the home ice advantage right now over the Wild doesn't mean that they were way better. They were separated by two points, yeah. two or three points in the standings. Yeah, from first to third, I think it was two or three. Okay, points. so it's not like it's not like playing the Panthers and Bruins where it's a big discrepancy yeah. in points, almost forty points of difference. Yeah. This is two or three points. This is one win, give or take. A couple overtime losses of difference. Yeah. So, it saying Minnesota, the Wild are an underdog would be foolish because that is a series where it's anybody's series, and I agree. I think the Wild win it. I think six. Yeah. yeah. I think this. I think the whole Western Conference is going to be a big. I think it's going to be a big toss up because it could be anybody. There were. I mean, it went down to the last day of the season of who was going to win that division, who was going to be the one seed, the two seed, um, all of that between Vegas or um, Colorado. I know, I mean, I know Edmonton, they caught fire and they could have been the one seed. There was a scenario where they could have been the one seed and that was squashed within like two days. Um, Minnesota was a point off of the one seed at some point. Like the Western Conference is so super packed and super tight. The only team that I can't see making a run and this is me just being biased is Winnipeg. I don't think Winnipeg is that good of a team. They haven't had a really good playoff history lately. No. And they were they were scrambling to get in and I didn't like the way they looked late in the season as a whole. Um not Connor Hellebuck, he's one of the best in the business in goal, but I, I just didn't like the way they were playing Josh Morrissey, a career high in points on defense. They're just not a powerful team, and against Vegas, I don't know if they'll have it. And so we're taking Vegas in this in the yes, Vegas versus Vegas. Uh, Winnipeg. So um, why did I do L.A.? Wow, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Vegas in five. Okay, I think, I think Hellebuck is gonna play a close game. I think he's gonna play really well, but I don't think. I mean, I think it's gonna be a lot of one zero two two one losses. I think it's gonna be Vegas in four. You think they're gonna sweep? I'm not a big sweeper predictor, but I think, think I, I think it is. All right, what about 
We'll stay in the West. So we have Wild and Stars. We have Golden Knights and Jets. What about the Avalanche versus the Kraken? Congrats to the Kraken on their first playoff berth. I think Avs in six. Yeah. Kraken, are, they're, they're a good team, but the Avalanche, granted they're missing JT Comfort. He's going to be out for, the I think, the whole playoff run. Um, but they're, they're a good team. Colorado's a good team, and they're hot at the right time. That's the, that's the issue. I said Colorado in five on my bracket. I agree with you. Yeah. So now the one that I'm really, really excited to watch. This is one that I want to invest myself in besides the, the Wild and obviously in the Islanders. Mm-hmm. So the, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday arc uh, of the playoffs will be the one I'm really into. And it's the Oilers versus the Kings series, man. Boy, oh boy, you've got a team in Edmonton who could score at will. This team is scoring almost four goals a game. Uh, they're giving up more than three goals a game on average, but they're scoring almost four goals a game. They, <laughs> I mean, you've got a guy with almost 160 points in a season. They have almost three 50-goal scorers. It's insane. 300-point-plus <laughs> players, and that's their whole offense. Yeah. Um, Nugent Hopkins, uh, McDavid, and Dreisaitl, but... Uh, Boy, if they figure it out, if they keep it tight, then they're going to beat the Kings really easily. But I think this is going to be a seven-game series, personally. I think it's going to be Edmonton in five. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't see the. I don't see the Kings. I think. I think the Kings. The Kings are going to be that upset team where they're not going to make it past the first round. Where a lot of people had the thoughts like, "Oh, the Kings are doing stuff." I just think that offense is too overpowered, and I think Skinner can. I think Skinner can play well enough to get past this series. Okay, fair. I have the Oilers losing in the finals to the Do Island. you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, Next. Man. All right, let's go to the East. So we have, let's start off with the first playoff game uh, in the NHL. Uh, the Islanders and the Hurricanes. Shouts out to both teams. The Hurricanes have a 3-1-0 and season series against the Islanders. Islanders obviously one and three. Um, what I'm super surprised about, and I don't want to dwell too long because I want to get to all the teams. What I'm really surprised about is how many people are actually predicting the Islanders to win. The NHL writers, there's 16 writers. Eight out of the 16, which is half, predicted an Islanders win and half predicted a Hurricanes win. And I'm really proud of that because the Islanders are, be- are being given the respect that they've so desperately been deserving of. Uh, the reason why I think the writers have the Islanders winning the series, as well as the reason why I unbiasedly have the Islanders winning the series, is um, goes by the name of... <laughs> yeah, I was going to do it, but I wanted to clap. I wanted to bang on the table, but I didn't. Uh, Ilya Sorokin. Um, I, yep. think, I think he is finally getting the spotlight he has deserved all season. He made one of the most unbelievable oh. saves I've ever seen in my life live. Uh, it was overturned, unfortunately. Yeah, it unbelievable. Was, it was still. It was an unbelievable catch. <laughs> it was great. It was one of the best things I've ever witnessed. Oh yeah. Uh, in how many games? Uh, seven. Okay, I, I have them in six, but we'll say seven. Um, I'm saying it as a as a fan. I know they can do it. I know the Islanders have it in them from watching 82 games of them, literally. Um, even when I was doing the haunted corn maze over at the, the school, <laughs> my old school, St. Greg's, next to my house um, in October, uh, I had the game. 
I was the wolf, and I I was in the bushes. I was in the sticks there, waiting for people. And when they and when there was no one coming, I would have the game. I've seen them all. Um, I know they can do it. Carolina is a a very high octane team. Yep. The Islanders got to slow them down. If they do that, they'll be fine. Okay, so Bruins versus Panthers. There was news today, Monday, and we'll see how this plays out tomorrow and whenever you know this game is decided, and we'll see who starts. Both Jeremy Swayman and Linus Olmark are dealing with an illness before game one. And so I forget the, the guy's first name, but it's Busey or Busey or Bussey uh, is the third string goalie. And it may be his net. Do we get to see in game one if Ilya Sorokin really is the best goalie this season? Or do the Bruins crumble with their third string goalie? Uh, and that, and uh, we don't know. We don't know. We I, don't know. The the whole thing is I've been I've been low on the Bruins. Not low, but I think this is a fluke season. I'm gonna spoiler alert. They're not winning the cup. Um, I think the Bruins are built for they're built for a Presidents Cup. They're not built for a Stanley Cup. If that makes sense. Um, I see them winning the series. I, I see them winning it in in five five or six. Um, but Boston, they're not built. They're not built. For the playoffs, man, I, they're they're built to to score seven goals and give up five. Or, you know what I mean? Like they're just. Allmark has been great. Swayman has been great, but they're winning. They're winning all of their games either one, you know, seven to five or seven to six or nine to two. Like they're just not winning playoff games. They're just. Yeah. You know what I mean? Listen, man, I and I, I'm not saying that the Panthers are gonna win. I agree, Boston. I I think it's I think Boston is seven, personally. Um listen, the Panthers are in the playoffs for a reason. They're not a joke. No. Tate Chuck um, has had his best he had the best season who? of his career. Kitchuk. Matthew Kachuk had an incredible season. He received he says who, who? <laughs> he received not he wasn't he's not on the running for the Hart Trophy, uh, which is the MVP. McDavid's gonna run away with that. Uh, I, I you know sure fine. Uh, I'm bitter that Sorokin didn't get any votes, but uh, whatever. Uh, Matthew Kachuk was like fifth on that. No, he was third in the uh, in the pre polling or whatever. This dude can carry his team. They're a team that believes in themselves. I can't stand their broadcast team. But they're a team that really believes in themselves. And I think they're going to make this a series, to be honest. If you hear rummaging in the back, it's Benny. Uh, Benny pulled through. Uh, we love him. You're not the grinder of the week, uh, but you were last week. He's, <laughs> he's been sitting next to us the whole time. Um, uh, but yes, I agree. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens in game one yeah. uh, if Busey plays. It's B-U-S-S-I. Oh, I might need his jersey. Yeah, and I, hate, right? and I hate the Bruins, but I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big fan of the Bussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Devils, Rangers. Devils, Rangers. That's tomorrow night. I mean, this is this is a, a great matchup. This is this the is reason a, why tickets are over $1,000. What a great matchup. And uh, newsflash, if the Islanders win their series, 
no matter who they play next, it's going to be an expensive series because yeah. it'll either be the Devils yeah. or the Rangers. Uh, it's not going to be the Devils. It's going to be the Rangers. Wow, really? Yep. I don't. I've been saying it all year. I have my regular that comes in. Angelo, shout out Angelo. Wow. I he, the, we he always says I don't know how the Devils are doing it. I have all Devils they, winning. He this goes. Series. He goes. All they have is. He goes. All they have is Jack Hughes. He goes. I don't know how they do it. That's all he keeps saying. They're not even that good. I don't know how they do it. They don't wow. forecheck. Wow. Oh, that's gonna ruffle feathers. <laughs> man, really? I tell you what, man. The Devils have a lot more than Jack Hughes. Um. Nico Heischer. Yeah, Let's not forget Heischer. who their captain is. Um, they added Timo Meyer too. They had they added Timo Meyer. What a great move! And they've got all these guys. They've got such good depth now. Their goaltending is very solid. It's not exactly who you would expect, right? Vitek Vanacek. I wouldn't have pinned him as the playoff starter for the Devils, but mm-hmm. he's it's his net. Mackenzie Blackwood is there too. This team and and uh, Schmied, their third string goalie, has also played this season. This team is built for the playoffs, man. I don't think the Rangers are. I would <laughs> love it if they lose in four games. And I have the Rangers losing uh, a seven game series to okay. the Devils. All right. I mean, I would be, I would be impressed. Not impressed. I'd be happy to see the Rangers lose because. We- yeah, it's oh, great. It's just I love be- it's like beautiful. Watch, it's like watching the Giants lose and the Mets lose. It's great. What? Well, how many games for the Rangers do you have? Uh, I'm going to say Rangers in seven. All right, so seven game series, and then the last one. Oh boy, Toronto versus Tampa Bay. The Leafs versus the Lightning. In real life, huh? Lightning always beats Leaves. <laughs> they can knock them right off the tree. And I think the Lightning will knock the Maple Leafs off the playoff tree. I think we're 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 uh, we're in disagreement again. Oh no! I think I think the Maple Leafs curse continues, and the only thing better than seeing the Rangers lose is seeing the Leafs lose. Respect to John Tavares. It's not because of John Tavares. To be honest with you, he's not my least favorite player on that team. Austin. <laughs> I, that guy bothers me, Austin Why? Matthews. I, he's a, he's elite, but people think that he's the best player in the league. I love it when people say he's the best player in the league. He's not. You're not, <laughs> and I hate the mustache. I hate the mustache. I I know the look he's going for, and it was everybody that I didn't like on my high school hockey team. <laughs> it was all the meanest people on the team, the bullies on the team. Uh, truthfully, they all had that look. <laughs> And that uh, just, yeah. I think Chris is. He looked greasy and sweaty all I think, the time. I think Chris is just projecting some high school angst on the <laughs> Leafs. Uh, I think the Leafs. Marner's the same. No, <laughs> I I think the Leafs uh, are, are cursed, and I think the Lightning are going to win this series. Uh, I hope so, please. <laughs> I'm going, uh, I want to say. I want to agree and I want to say the Lightning, but I just, there's something about this Leafs team where this is the year they, they finally went out and did something. They didn't kind of just sit back and know they were going to make the playoffs and not prepare. They went and they did a lot of, they made a lot of moves, but they're just, they're a question in the goal. They're, they're not solid in that. So, you know, you swayed me, Tampa and six. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, Ant, don't 
Don't get excited if the Leafs take a 3-1 lead in this series. <laughs> Don't get excited if the Leafs take a 2-0 lead in this series. Okay? You can't do it because the Leafs are so good at blowing it. Right on the precipice of victory. They do it every season. <laughs> it's not like, oh, they've done it. They did it in 2013 against Boston in the last minute. They do it every year. It really is every season. It's perennial it really first-round exits. Really and that's is. why it's so easy to joke they're a first-round exit. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares how they do in the regular season. No. Leafs fans don't even sell. Well, Leafs fans are annoying. But they don't even really celebrate the regular season. But every year they're like, oh, we're gone. This is the year. And it's not the year. They're like, oh, it's playoffs are coming. Playoffs are coming. Playoffs are coming. And they do every year. They make the playoffs perennially now. They've got a great team. They can't get it together, though, where it counts. Oh. We're gonna, are we going to keep this going or are we going to go week by week as it, as it advances? Are we going to do our, our full playoff projections now? No, i got to pick my daughter up today. Okay. i got to pick okay. my daughter up today. That's what I, okay. Um, <laughs> I do have to say, one thing I do like about the playoffs, uh, especially NHL playoffs, uh, I'm a big fan of the playoff beard, and I, I really like the playoff beard. Um, You've got a playoff beard. I'm, yeah, I'm growing it, man. Uh, but we're going to touch on it. Superstitions. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So we're going to... I think we we got we could we carve out a few minutes for this. Yeah. So... Anthony and I were talking last week, and I was talking about one of my really weird superstitions. I forget which one it was. I have a million. I'm going to tell you, and you're going to think I'm absolutely... Nope. I started it when we were talking about it, because I talked about... Um, you sent me a video, and I talked about how I used to throw up before every game. Oh, yes. And so Anthony had a thing in, in uh, football where he would throw up before every game, and you'd listen to Pantera. Uh, yeah. So my... I'll, I'll, make it, I'll make it short and sweet, because I know Chris has some great ones. It's, uh, mine, every football game I played throughout high school, um, when I was on varsity, I would, we would do all of our, our prep and then, uh, I would listen to, um, the song Cemetery Gates by Pantera mm -hmm. and it would make me want to run through a brick wall and it still does to this day. And then it would hit probably about five minutes before we'd have to go up on the field and I would just have so much nerve. I would be so nervous. Uh, I would go and I would throw up. And my coach actually used to make a joke out of it. And he would be like, is everybody ready? And then I'd be throwing up. And he's like, I know Ant's ready because I would be yakking. Um, it was just like pregame speech and then you'd hear me throw up. And then I always gave the on-field pregame speech. That was cool too. So that's kind of a tradition. But playing sports, uh, the only one I had other than that was um, for baseball, I was always a high sock guy. I don't know why. I always wore high socks and then I would wear... Uh, I wore an elbow sleeve on my throwing arm because my elbow would hurt. And then I would wear uh, double, I would wear uh, two forearm bands. Now, now that's that's almost like tradition. Yeah. You've got like a certain way you do things, right? I'm a nut job, okay? <laughs> so the way this materialized after that was like, we should do a segment on superstitions. Because listen, hockey players are really superstitious. Goalies are even more superstitious. So... When I started playing hockey, I didn't really have any. And then, and then, see, now I'm starting to wonder if it's just like autism or something. 
<laughs> because as I think about them, I'm like, wow, these are really weird. So what ended up happening a few years after I started playing was I, I got like, if I covered the puck and there was a face off in my own zone, I have to I have to click my skate against the post three times. Oh my god! You're, I, you're one of these guys. And I have to hear it. Oh my click, god! Click click click! I do that to this day, okay? And I have the same I have the same stance. I would throw my arms out. The ref would blow the whistle. I would punch my blocker and glove, and then I get my stance. Oh my! To this day, I do the same thing. When you come watch one of my games, you'll know what I mean. Um. So that's one. Um, I listen to the same song on the way to every game. It's the root of all evil by dream theater. Okay. Um, my dad would appreciate that. Um, but then, so before I actually added a new one that I'm excited to debut on this show. Uh, it, it started about a month or so ago. We're unveiling a new tism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a new stim, if you will. Um, so what I would do is I, uh, oh man. So I have the same warm-up routine. I go down four times in the butterfly and pop back up. Then the last one, I pretend I'm catching a puck. Uh, the stretching's the same every game. Uh, so I get in the net. The referee's asking if I'm ready. When the referee asks, he points down to the goal. A lot of goalies wave their hand and say they're ready. I don't do that. I nod my head twice. I go into a squat twice. I say, here we go, baby. Let's get this win. And I have to make sure my stick is on the ice when the puck is dropped for the first period. That's the first period. Oh, no. It gets the worse. The second period, okay, the second period is the nod two times, squat two times, the stick is off the ice, and the new one, uh, this started a few weeks ago because I had a bad first period and I wanted to change my fortunes around, so I said, love you, Sabby. Uh, that's my daughter. Before the second period started, we won the game. Okay, so now that's the new one. The third period, see, it gets less. The third period is just two nods and no squats and no stick on the ice. Before the puck is dropped, I have to make sure the crease is clean and I touch all the posts. I am crazy. It's I have to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich the day of a game as well. That's cr- I was a peanut butter sandwich before for lunch. Football, it too. has to be PB and J for lunch, or else it's all wrong. <laughs> it's all okay. Uh, so I know where you stand. I guess I will give my <laughs> two cents on Devon Levi. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because, it's necessary because Devon Levi, uh, he's going to be a darling. You're going to hear about him a lot. We might not like Buffalo, but we do like Devon Levi. Um, Devon Levi grew up, he is a very big Star Wars fan. He and his father grew up liking Star Wars. And uh, for all the TV timeouts, um, ever since he was in college, ever since there was a timeout, he goes out and he does a little meditation. But he meditates um, in the fashion of when uh, Qui-Gon Jinn was fighting Darth Maul. Uh, in between the fight. So, the, like, the fight's not over. He's he's meditating. He's getting ready for the next phase of the fight. That's what Devon Levi did. Um, that's actually what's, what sparked this whole yeah. uh, superstition thing. Um, now, Chris, I know, I know we, have to, we have to cut it short here in a little bit, but what do you think happens if you don't do your superstition? Is it just like a we lose? <laughs> is, it like a, is it like a we lose situation? Know, or is it like everybody you love is going to die situation? I don't know. Um, I, I think it's just because, I think it's because I just need it to happen. 
Like, if it... This is going to sound awful, but if I don't do these things, I'm not... I don't feel like I'm ready. Okay. It has nothing to do with, like, bad things are going to happen if I don't do it. Um, although I do, I do hold the position that if I don't do the proper squatting, if I do it wrong for some reason, if I'm not concentrating, I feel like I'm going to get scored on the first shot of the period. I have to be, I have to say, let's, here we go, baby, let's get this win. I have to do the squats before the first period, have the stick down. If that, and I have to be in the crease before they drop the puck down the other end of the ice. If I'm not in the crease, I don't feel good. I feel bad. So I just... Most of it, like the pregame stuff and the post clicking and the everything else, it's just because I've built up that routine and it's and it's just what I know. Okay. That's the only way I know how to play the game. Okay, so it's not so much of a superstition as a routine. I, it's still it's, it's very still superstitious, superstition. but it's it's because it's so it's it's been done so many times that it is routine. Okay, but I don't even yeah. think twice about it. I thought it was a situation where it was like, oh, if I don't click my skate on the post, uh, they're gonna score on me every time, and then my wife is gonna divorce me. Like I think. Oh that, like, no 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 <laughs> no! If I don't do the post click, um, I just don't feel set. Okay, that's okay. So it's kind of more routine. I can still. I've done it and I've made the save. Like if I'm doing open hockey, shooting around with my friends or You're whatever. Not no. Okay. In so it's a, not so in it's, practice so or like anything. No, it's like Nomar fixing his gloves. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so just, okay. Okay. You're. I thought it was. I thought you were. I thought you were a psychopath. I didn't think. Oh, I still think I am, but I don't. I don't. Well, you are, but not as bad as not right, as bad not, as I thought. Just a okay. low grade psychopath. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mild case. Mild. Yeah. mild I just case. have a lot of ticks, a lot yeah. of idiosyncrasies about my game. I and I'll tell you what. You talk to any goalie. They, they're, they're gonna I'm have sure I'm not well. even that bad compared to some people. I know that. Goalies are a different breed. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can say so. But now that I think about it for baseball, I'll add another one. Uh, I did tap the plate every single time in the same exact spot. And I did that since I was little. See, that's, yeah. that's one of those things. It's yeah. just a thing you do. And it wasn't because you thought it was bad. If you didn't, it's just had to happen. I went, let's see if I remember. Of course I remember. I'm just trying to build this up for effect. I would dig in my front foot at the back corner of the plate. Had to be on the back corner. Then I would readjust. It's just where I like to dig in. Yeah, there we and go. Then, it's coming out. And then baseball bat in the left hand. I had to go um, far side, low angle of the plate, near side angle, top angle, center awesome. twice. And then I would go with just my left arm. I would do... Uh, Three like sways towards yes, the pitcher. Yes, this is what I, I mean. I would go three sways towards the pitcher, and then I would lean it up, and then I would lean back, and then I'd get set. This is exactly what I do. It was every time, and it was. Oh, uh, it wasn't every at bat. It was every pitch. Every pitch. This it is was, what I'm talking about. Every pitch. I love that. That's how you got set. It was your yep. routine. That's superstitious. Yep. That's a superstition. Yep. If you didn't do one of those steps, it would feel wrong. Yeah. You see, I, now I, yeah, I'm selling yeah, you on yeah. this, right? See, every athlete's got them. I knew there was more to you, and you know, we we were cut from the same cloth. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I knew there was more than than what you were saying. Now I'm really happy because I now I don't feel as crazy. Um, there's more now that I'm thinking. Oh about dear. It. Um, my ankles had to get taped in the same order. Every, <laughs> every game, I had to tape the left one first. Oh, I always put my left skate on yeah, first. Yeah, you have to tape the left. I would tape the left ankle first. Um, 
I would have to, I'd tape both my oh. wrists. My right wrist couldn't have pre-wrap on it, but my left one did have pre-wrap on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you crack, you crack this I have, open. I have, to, I have to text Melissa the same text before I go on the ice. Oh, man. And, and, and we don't, we call each other like honey. Yeah. That's like the only pet name we use, really. And I don't, I'm not against them. It's just what we say. But I have to text her, going on the ice, baby, <laughs> space, red heart. Oh, my God. Okay. Fair. Um, and else? she'll always respond with, why did you call me that? <laughs> <laughs> or, cool. Or, it's always some deadpan reaction to that text. <laughs> even even if we're not even if we're good like whatever you she's always annoyed at me when I go to games because she hates that I leave so late and I get it uh, but it's always some dead answer. My football belt had to be taped at the same height every. You week are too. the same as yeah, me. I'm I'm thinking back now. That I hadn't played sports in that long, but no, it was the plate ritual. It was the throwing up. That was a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a lot of yeah. that's a lot of superstitions. Yeah, how about Grammys grinders? Grammys grinders. Mine's gonna be easy. We talked about them. It is Mr. Complete Game, Garrett Cole. Yes. Um, complete Game, two hits, one walk, ten Ks. Um, that's just a gutsy performance. It's an early. You don't see very many Complete Game shutouts um, in the MLB anymore. You also don't see very many Complete Game shutouts in the month of April. Just because it's so early, and like, listen, if this was a if this was a July, August, September, you know, you could warrant leaving Cole out there, but he worked fast. Um, pitches were I don't know how one, many pitches. One ten. One ten. Okay, fair. Uh, Hundred and ten pitches. Um, that's a, I mean, that's fine. It's, it's the closest we're gonna get to a Glavin out of him. Or a, that's is it a Glavin? Fine. Is that the call? Well, or a Maddox? Like, a Maddox. Maddox. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The closest we're gonna get to a Maddox out of him, but. You know, Garrett Cole, Graham's Grind of the Week. So, I was between two hockey players, and <sighs> I was going to give it to Josh Bailey, who I called one of the worst players of the year. Hey, Josh Bailey! Who? Ha! Huh. Now, <laughs> I was going to give it to him because he's been scratched for 10 of the last 13 games, but he came back in the last game, and I know why, and he's... Might not be in the lineup for the playoffs to start, but he's going to see action because he's got the experience, and experience matters in the playoffs, and experience mattered in that game. I'm giving him an honorable mention today. Uh, he was in the game. He did not score a goal, but I'll tell you something. He he gamed that game. He made a couple real nice defensive plays, and I just crucify him all year. All year, it's, oh, of course it's Bailey. Oh, of course it's Bailey. Oh, good. Bailey gave it away. Bailey this, Bailey that. He played a really good game when he needed to the most. So he's an honorable mention. Shout out to Josh Bailey. And the playoff Bailey is not the same as regular season Bailey. But Grammy's Grinder of the Week, just because I hate the Penguins, is Peter Morazic <laughs> for stymieing the Penguins and basically clinching a playoff berth for the Islanders with his 5-2 win over the Penguins as a member of the Hawks. He played an unbelievable game in goal. He's had a terrible season, terrible team. It's not his fault that he had a bad number season. 
He's still a great goalie, don't get me wrong. He's played on some excellent teams, and he's given some excellent performances for the Red Wings, um, for uh, Carolina, um, and now Chicago. And that's why he's Grammy's Grinder of the Week. Sorry, Grammy, it was against the Penguins. Um, yeah, Grammy's Grinder of the Week. I went to the cemetery with Sabrina, actually, the day of that game, and I, and I said to her, um, to her stone depending on what you believe in. I said to her, I said, I know you love the Penguins, but can you please? You just gotta, <laughs> like, just please. And they lost. So Grammy and Peter Morazic are Grammy's grinders of the week. Morazic, shout out to you. I love it. Uh, those are great. Um, I feel like mine was kind of lazy. I had another one, but I didn't want to go wild again. I, I love just... Garrett Cole as your pick. Yeah, I, I know. My... He was a great... I didn't want to do Minnesota Wild again. It was going to be Brock Favor because he made the postseason right. roster. No, the dude pitched a complete yeah. game shutout. Yeah. He, that's a grind that out performance. It's not like it was eight nothing. It was yeah. two nothing. Yes. Yeah, against a good one team. of my one of my kids, one of my students uh, today was like, I asked them how their break was, right? And she said that she went to her first Yankees game, and they won two nothing. I was like, oh, it was it was yesterday, and she was like. She was like, "Yeah, they won the game two to nothing." Uh, I was really excited to watch Judge play, and I was like, "I was like, Garrett Cole pitched a complete game shutout." And she was like, "Who?" She was like, "Who's that?" I said, "The pitcher that started the game was the same one that finished the game, and he didn't allow any runs." And she was like, "Okay." And she was like, "Oh, I don't care. I just wanted to see her judge." Oh, the only now the only story that's tougher than that. Uh, uh, this is this will be my parting gift to the pod today. Um, we have, uh, I call her my big sister. You met her at the wedding. Her name is Krista. She's yeah. great. Uh, supports me with everything I do. Um, so shout out, shout out to you, Krista. I don't know if you're listening, but regardless, um, I remember she had lived out in California for a little bit and she went to AT&T Park and I remember I was texting. I was like, oh my God, like I wish I could get out there. It's beautiful. I want to see it. She was at, I believe it was Matt Cain. She was his perfect game. And I'm like, not only... Do you go to my bucket list, one of my bucket list stadiums? You are at a perfect game. And I remember she told me, she was like, oh, yeah, I was at that. Like, I was, oh, I was, so, there. I was so mad. And I was like, okay, that's two of my two of my bucket list items. Some people just end up there and they're like, they don't even realize it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not no, saying she does No, I was thinking like she's, into, like she's into baseball, but I feel like she hasn't been in, like, if you ask her, like, name three Yankees, she's going to be like, oh, Jeter, Bernie Williams. And, like, so she's been and, out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, but that's the thing is, like, I th I'm pretty sure it was either Matt Cain's perfect game or it was Tim Lincecum's second no-hitter. Wow. It was one or the other. But all I remember it was, it was an, I think it was a no-hitter. But it was like, I'm like, you're, you're killing me with that's this. That's awesome. You're killing me I with love this. it. But, all right, we ran extra long today. Uh, it's playoff season, baby. It's also Easter season. Um, well, Easter season's over now, but yeah. um, according to superstition, if the Islanders win tonight, I'll see you next Monday. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> wearing right. wearing the same exact clothes That's I'm wearing right. in the same exact seat. But uh, I'll have a new ring on. Oh, oh well, no, oh, no, no, no! Oh, I might not be able to. Uh oh, see, immediately I'm like, oh, it's a cool ring, but we might have to put this one back on. Oh boy, the twenty dollar Amazon job here. <laughs> oh man! But as always, uh, this has been Ant and Chris, and this is Sports and Spaghetti. Stay full.